all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy, eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase, and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday. Shall you pray? Our Father, who art in heaven. What else? Two messengers from Capernaum, both reporting the same thing. It began with a riot on the streets, but has now become a rebellion. The party responsible is one Jesus of Nazareth. He already has a large following, and they are hailing him as king. One day we hear this man has cured a cripple. Another day changed water into wine. Now we hear that he is fed 5,000 people and nobody seems to know where the food came from. The next thing we know, they'll be calling him the Messiah. And that isn't all. And what else? He walked on water. Get out! Tell me, who do men say that I am? Some say another John the Baptist. Others say you are one of the prophets. Who do you say that I am, Judas? You are a great leader. The greatest teacher of all. And you, Thomas. You are Jesus of Nazareth. That's all I know. You are the Messiah. The Christ. The Son of the living God. A blessing on you, Peter. Because you did not learn this from mortal man. But from my Father who is in heaven. You... Peter, are the rock on which I will build my church. You, Peter, are the rock on which I will build my church. <laughs> wow. One of my favorite epic Bible movies. They used to make such great epic movies, man. I don't know what happened today. With the technology and all the advanced uh, visual special effects they have now, you would think they would come out with something more, even more elaborate than it was back in the past when they made great epic Bible movies, cinematic movies, epic movies, very powerful. I grew up watching movies like this, Jesus of Nazareth, which this is the movie I'm watching now, Jesus of Nazareth. 
uh, which Max von Cito, uh, Cito or Cito, I don't know how to uh, pronounce his name, I think it's Max von Cito, uh, played a good part of portraying Jesus, the best way to produce his new figured out the way Jesus was. No one really knew uh, how Jesus talked, how Jesus looked. They got certain looks from pictures, from photos, from paintings and stuff like that, but there's no one uh, has a definitive look, a definitive photo of how Jesus looked. No one has that. So, Jesus mainly was portrayed in paintings, Caucasian, and blue eyes, long hair, and stuff like that. He was mainly portrayed that way, way back then, you know, before the epic movies and stuff like that. But that's not what I want to talk about, you know, because that's not important. But my point is, this is an outstanding movie, greatest movie, I mean, greatest story ever told, was the name of this movie starring Max Von Cito. It had a lot of heavy hitters, heavy hitters as an actress in it as well. But what I wanted you to focus on is when Jesus said, who do men say that I am? You had different of the disciples that was following him saying, you are this, you are Elijah, you are this and that and whatever. And Peter stood up and said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Christ meaning anointed one. You are the Christ, the son of the living God. Jesus' response said, Peter, Bonjona, King James Version, where Peter Barjona, Barjona. The movie said, you are the rock. But the King James Version really is saying, Peter, on this rock. Many people went, you know, many religious churches, you know, they, 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 uh, even the Catholic Church took that literally as saying Peter was the first pope or Peter was the rock and stuff like that. No, Peter was called a stone and different things rock. But in this particular context, that's why it's very important to read context. When Jesus said you are the rock, he was just saying on what you say it, I will build my church. See, you are the rock. Now, Peter wound up being one of the leaders of the disciples and the apostles along with James and John. But when Jesus said, you are the rock, in other words, what you have just said, I will build my church. What church? The messianic church, the kingdom church on what you said, Peter. On that foundation, I will build my church. The church, what that the church is me being the king, the Messiah. The son of the living God. Now, why am I saying this? I'm piggybacking off a little short series I'm doing. Uh, you can call it Jesus wasn't talking to you or you can believe in or uh, you can just call it that uh, salvation by believing who Jesus was. And I'm going to be reading some verses out of the book of John. I already started a few days ago doing that. But what I'm going to just do it now, what I'm going to talk about now, not this movie, but I just I'm, I'm coming to a point is. And uh, did anybody, when they made these epic movies, did the producers, the directors, the writers, let's start with the writers, have any concept of the audience? Was any concept focused on the audience? I, I'm, re I'm really curious about that. I would like to know that. What was the writers? What kind of histories 
uh, besides the Bible, if they search the Bible, a lot of them probably got a lot of information, like a lot of movies from Josephus and historians and, you know, uh, past historians and stuff like that. They research the Bible and stuff like that. So there's a lot of missing pieces and added pieces when you're making a Bible movie. You know, you got to ad lib and just add things with it when you're making biblical epic movies like they do today. Okay. Because there's a lot of gaps in dark times that you don't know what happened in between. How did Jesus talk? How did Jesus walk? What did he do? Did Jesus laugh? Did Jesus have any dogs or did Jesus, whatever, you know, that's what I mean. That's why it's kind of tough because there's only a few people that walk with Jesus that really knew Jesus. The only one that knew Jesus that close was the apostles, the disciples, the 12. See, and the ones that really knew him, knew him closer than you have three of them that knew him even now. Three of them that, uh, well, just say two that was really close to him. And one was even closer. That was John and Peter. And John was one of the closest. The Bible says in King James, this is the disciple whom Jesus loved. Now, Jesus loved all of them and stuff like that. Not saying Jesus picked out a certain one. It was just a certain attachment John had with Jesus and everything. So, you know, you can look into more and then, you know, if you want to. But, what I want to talk about is when they was making this movie, did they know the emphasis was believe the importance back then for Israel, for the Jews, their promised Messiah? The emphasis was believing that he was their Messiah, the Christ. So how many people understood when Peter stood up and said that why did that touch Jesus so much? Not only that, did you pay attention when he said God revealed this to Peter? It wasn't Peter out of his own flesh. God revealed this to Peter, that Jesus was that promised Messiah. Now, what was said is Jesus was that promised king, that promised Messiah that you all been waiting for. That's what Jesus looked up in the movie. But in the Bible, you can just picture Jesus saying, wow, you know, not wow, but God revealed this to him. Jesus knew that. Why? Because he's God. He's God in the flesh. See, he knew the father done that because he's the, he's the, he's the second of the triune, the Godhead. So he knew God revealed it to him. Okay. So reveal what? That Jesus was the promised Messiah. See, the Christ, the anointed one. You must, you must look at it that way. Now you might say, okay, he, what, what are you trying to say, Joe? See, it, you have to know the history of Israel looking for their promised king, their promised Messiah. They was looking for this promised Messiah. See, the 12 was the ones that believe, not fully. They would still have some gray areas in their belief and doubt, like we do, that Jesus was that promised Messiah. I'm sure a lot of them knew about the prophesied Isaiah and Daniel and other prophets that prophesied Jesus coming and Isaiah specifically said what Jesus will be doing. Signs and wonders and miracles and stuff like that. Only a remnant, which is called a little flock in the King James Bible and the, and, the, and the word of God that followed Jesus, that believed that he was their Messiah and King. That's the what's the most important thing, not the sacrifices. See, not the sacrifices of the law and stuff like that. It was when Jesus came on earth, it was important for the Jewish people to believe who Jesus was for salvation. See, not baptism and water. They had to do that. That was a requirement. 
See, they have to repent for the remission of sins. Stuff like that after Jesus left. But my point is they had to believe who Jesus was. Many, most Jews did not. Even today, most Jews do not believe who Jesus was. They do not accept Jesus as the King and Messiah. He don't fit the bill of the second coming Christ. That's the problem. He don't fit that bill. They weren't looking for no sacrificial lamb. They, they was all confused. They got the, the first coming mixed up with the second coming, etc. You know, so they never, the Jewish, Judaism, the Jews never accepted Jesus as their Messiah. But the key for the Jewish people back then, over 2,000 years ago, under the law, under Israel's program, was believing who Jesus was for salvation. I'm putting emphasis on Israel, the Jews, because that that's what they had to believe. This was a Jewish Messiah then. This was a Jewish Messiah. They was looking for their promised king for what? To set up their promised kingdom. The new kingdom that David started the kingdom, King David. That Jesus come from the lineage of King David. Jesus is supposed to set up the new millennium kingdom. See? They was looking for that reign then. And a lot of them, even some of the disciples, was disappointed. When he died on the cross, they were shocked because they were looking for the same thing. Still, Jesus to take over and build his kingdom and overthrow all these enemies in Rome and all that. See, they was confused. They was left in the dark. They missed the sacrificial lamb and all that. So, you know, they was thinking, all of them was thinking about Jesus' second coming to set up the kingdom. They didn't know they, they was lost on his first coming. So that's why so that's why it was such a small group that believed in him. He wasn't doing the things that they thought he was going to do as the second coming. You see what I'm saying? Which haven't took place yet. That would take place place after the church. The body of Christ is gone. But I'm not here to get deep into that because there's so much. Now I'm going to leave you with this because I want you to pay attention to a lot of things that I, I I say when I read in the book of John. This is very important for many churches that read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John and try to uh, follow the teachings of Jesus' earthly ministry from Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And I'm going to, that's why I'm teaching this so they can understand and maybe you part of that too can understand that what you are doing, you're putting yourself right back under the law. You're putting yourself right back under bondage. See, by believing who Jesus was and trying to follow the different ordinances that, that was only required for the Jews to follow, not any Gentiles. Because the four Gospels are mostly, predominantly for Israel. No Gentiles, including you and I, for today. This is Joseph Brownlee, Body of Christ Real Talk. Until next time, stay tuned for some more teaching on Jesus was not talking to you. God bless you. Peace out. We all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy, eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? 
Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase. And no subscription headaches. Hensonshaving.com slash holiday.